liberty lockdown please scan your barcode your liberty ain't gone but yeah it's on hold where did it come from and where did it go it requires a fight not tweeting from your phone don't need a king get him off the fucking throne if you're riding with the thought you've always got a home the virus is scared of will come and it'll go the government knows this don't get treated like a hoe Today I had on Rafael Laverde of the Crypto Vigilante. They are one of the best at covering from an ANCAP perspective the crypto sphere. Uh, they are a spinoff of the Dollar Vigilante, which is one of the preeminent um, research I don't know, firms, companies, websites, whatever you want to call it. Uh, they Rafael does an incredible job of laying out the history of BTC and all of the splits that came through the Bitcoin chain and it was passionate, artful, uh, just a really great conversation. And although he is not a Bitcoin maximalist, he is a very interesting person. And I think that even if you are a maxi, you will enjoy this conversation and probably learn some stuff that you weren't aware of, because I certainly did. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. If you are in a position of losing your job due to vaccine mandates or simply not getting paid adequately to justify your services... Now is your time to go get that job of your dreams. Do not delay. Go to crash.co forward slash daily and sign up for the Daily Job Hunt newsletter. I've told you about him about a hundred times now and thousands of you have done so. I really appreciate it and I'm so grateful that so many of you have gotten jobs from doing so and it means the world to me. I know it means the world to Isaac Morehouse, the founder. He was just on Fox News last week on Tucker Carlson, mind you. This guy is the real deal. This company is the real deal and they are providing a service free of charge that can really change lives. Go to crash.co forward slash daily to sign up. It's free. No excuses. Let's get into the show. Welcome, everybody, to a special episode of Liberty Lockdown. I've got another guest with me today. It is Rafael Laverde from uh, Crypto Vigilante, I believe. Welcome in, sir. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yes, it's the Crypto Vigilante, uh, but also uh, our you know, our mothership is the dollar vigilante, and it's a, it's a baby that came out of the dollar vigilante, which is, which is the premier libertarian anarcho-capitalist newsletter on the planet. So the crypto vigilante was formed to be the uh, anarcho-capitalist counterpart to the dollar vigilante. Well, it's a perfect fit for my audience as an ANCAP, as a, uh, you know, a hard money, a real money guy. And a crypto fan, uh, this is a perfect fit. So, uh, first, I, I watched one of your videos from last month, and uh, you said that you're a big blocker. So that makes you, you know, haram to all of my Bitcoin maxis out there. I'm just curious, uh, what other than you know the fact that it's it's more usable, it seems, with the big blocks. Um, what what made you decide that that's the path versus the small block Bitcoin route? Okay, so the way I explain this is, is that during the Bitcoin civil war, what we started seeing is four different manifestations of, of the idea of what Bitcoin was about. So, and I, I divide these four manifestations into two different camps. So in reality, there's four camps. So if you think about it this way, there is, there's two camps that are completely logically consistent and they are manifested in the libertarian philosophies, quote unquote, as the extreme agorist camp, you know, Samuel Edward Conklin III camp, and the camp of Ayn Rand, right, of mm. objectivism. So those are the two extreme camps that, in my opinion, are 
are objectively consistent in what their understanding of what Bitcoin was and what Satoshi gave us. In the middle ground, we have a mixture where there's a lot of confusion and they end up with a very half-assed product. And it is in that confusion that I believe uh, the usurpers and the people that are attacking Bitcoin came in. And what they did was is that they, uh, they created confusion by using libertarian rhetoric to confuse our community so that they can come in and, and start manipulating the community from within. So let me uh, break down those communities. So at the beginning, Satoshi gave us Bitcoin. There were various different, um, man, there was different opinions from the beginning as to what Bitcoin was about. And some people quote different things from Satoshi and rightfully so they, they point out things where Satoshi talks about the importance of fungibility and for this, you know, for it to be fungible. And now the question of fungibility revolves around, um, it's, a, it's a question that finds an answer in where the dispute resolution resides. So for the extreme anarcho-capitalist agorist, that person sees fungibility to be deemed, to, be, to come forth from the free market, from code is law, right? Mm-hmm. The ultimate uh, manifestation of that is, uh, is the camp that said the Bitcoin protocol, although it's beautiful and we understand what Satoshi wanted is not enough. And we need to be fungible at the protocol level, private at the proto- protocol level to achieve privacy. So these people during the Bitcoin civil wars started realizing that they needed to start from scratch. And these were the individuals that started the, uh, uh, the new Satoshi came out, Nicholas von Saberhagen with the CryptoNote protocol, which is now manifested in, in its most beautiful way through Monero and Wownero. Monero, Wownero are the manifestations of the CryptoNote protocol in, in, in their like ultimate form. So there are cryptocurrencies that focus on being digital gold and digital cash and for them to have within them all of the uh, necessary properties for them to be true digital gold, true digital cash. So that's Monero, that's Wownero. Um, other individuals took the CryptoNote protocol and have taken that to a step further. And now we have the, 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 the dawning of the privacy Ethereum, which is Dero, D-E-R-O, which should be launching its mainnet, mainnet soon. So that's pretty freaking awesome. Um, Dero, D-E-R-O is, in my opinion, um, I call it alien technology because it really is. It's something that we've never seen. I've never in my life have experienced a platform that is completely censorship resistant, where entrepreneurs can create whatever they want, where the responsibility falls back on the individual. I'm very excited for Dero. Now, um, in, in, within that train of thoughts, in, in that experiment for extreme privacy, that agorist desire, uh, Z, uh, Zcash and what is known now as the electric coin company, ECC, out of Colorado, they, they, uh, they, create, they, they played around with, with what is known as zero knowledge proofs, which is the, at this moment, the most uh, state of the art form of cryptography for privacy. The problem with Zcash is that a lot of us saw Zcash as being compromised to some degree. 
if you if you see who are the backers and the creators of this technology, like DARPA and like some entities from different governments, it gets pretty sketchy. So the most important part for, for any technology that is uh, in the world of crypto, cryptocurrency or cryptography, is, is that this technology is peer reviewed. So people from the Komodo community started playing with this technology of zero knowledge proofs. And they uh, said to themselves, what if we were able to create a cryptocurrency that is 51% uh, attack proof and at the same time uh, that uses the Z addresses of Zcash by default at the protocol level, no transparent addresses. And so this was the creation of Pirate Chain. So Pirate Chain is like the, they're competing right now. Uh, Pirate Chain, Monero and Wownero. Wownero is more of a test bed for the Monero community, but it definitely has um, components to its mining infrastructure that are very new and very revolutionary. So Wownero is something to keep an eye on. So you have Wownero, Monero that use pretty much the same technology. And then out of this, this just this beautiful, you know, purple cow out of nowhere came out, which is Pirate Chain. And it's this incredible platform with an anonymity set of over half a million. So you're talking about over half a million decoys per transaction. That is wild, bro. Yeah, um, that's incredible. With, yeah, and you can you can scale up to almost like over uh, 1.5 billion. Wow. And but I, decoys I, per do transactions. They have, do they have limited supply? On yeah, they do. Chain? Yes, yes, correct. Okay. So they do. Um, Monero has a the the symptom of its limited supply exists, although it has a tail end emission after mm -hmm. 2022, but uh, symptomatically, there is no effect on the uh, on on the um, limited supplyness of Monero. So that's some, there's a lot of fud going that has been going around about Monero and its limited supply, but Monero definitely has. Um, Monero does something that BTC, we're going to talk about those in a second, that BTC is just now starting to deal with. So Monero was the first iteration of a true privacy coin with the CryptoNote protocol. And Monero is leading the pack uh, in privacy coins because it is the oldest and it is the most peer reviewed. So again, remember what I said, the most important aspect of cryptography and cryptocurrency especially when, we, when you're talking about privacy coins is the peer reviewed aspect of this, you know, it's the open source, it's a free and open source software ethos, right? The FOSS ethos. That is literally the meritocracy that holds our community together. Our communities, our networks together. Without that, this is, there's no point of even messing with these technologies if you can't review them for yourself. I, so I completely we, agree. Yeah. So pirate chain got a peer reviewed audit recently and it, it you know, no major bugs were found, just little minor things. So, and there are more uh, audits. So it's, it's very beautiful. Um, the, the pirate chain community is a uh, very much like punk rock in their way of being. It's almost like they really live to that memetic and they just don't care. They don't give a fuck. And they just, they, they trust themselves before they trust anyone else. That's kind of how they think. Yeah. Um, whereas I've, I've hung when, out with them just so you know, I, I know I, I've met the, the founder and a bunch of the people um, hung, hung out with them in Miami and they're all awesome people. So, and I oh, love the, 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 R for the ARRR for the, for the, um, 
whatever it's called. It's just, it's just kind of like the vibe, the vibe. I like the vibe. Anyways. It's a great vibe and it's a great mimetic because the pirate, you know, embodies that, that, that idea of complete freedom. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and, and like extreme mercantilism, right. Extreme Mm -hmm. agorism. And, and that comes down to the topic that I was talking about dispute resolution, right. Mercantile law was created in, you know, in the area of, you know, uh, uh, when there was, you know, the, the time of mercantilism in Europe, where we, you had merchants uh, dis- disputing things um, the, from different nation states. And so they, maritime law came out from that, right? Uh, mercantile law, I'm sorry, came out from that, where they were able to resolve disputes outside of the nation state jurisdiction. Mm, because right. if you're British and I'm Spaniard and we get into a dispute, well, we're not going to take it to a Spaniard court. We're not going to take it to a British court. It, you right. know, obviously, we're, it's going to be weighed in one direction. So, the the desire is for the for the and, and you know language changes in time with crypto for mm-hmm. the for the lunar punk is now what we're calling it for that for the agorist right in crypto for the crypto anarchist if if you want to call it that mindset is one where we we need um a medium of exchange that is fungible like Monero, like Wonero, like Pirate Chain, or like Darrow, where we can build uh, systems of dispute resolution mm-hmm. that we are already testing within the market. And, and a good example of that would be BISC.network, um, Havano Dex, Agora Desk, Local Monero. These are uh, dispute resolution systems, systems of escrow that are proving themselves to be extremely useful. That if we're able to move these things to the next level, we're going to be able to have uh, competitive dispute resolution systems to that of the nation state. So I, well, I, and, and, a, I mean, yeah. not just competitive, but better because it would not have any of the, uh, you know, the conflicts of a monopoly of, of violence and all this other bullshit. So, and you also maintain your privacy. I'm, I'm thrilled about the prospects for cryptocurrency broadly. I'm very concerned about the uh, just a little background on what I did over the past week is I I registered a Web three address for LibertyLockdown.eth and and I did it so that I could get you know cryptocurrency donations from from fans of the show and right. I could not believe the gas fees I had to pay to fucking uh, register this thing, dude. Yeah, I, it's bullshit. It, it was like it was like forty bucks and it ended up costing me like two hundred and eighty dollars with gas fees. I mean, it's it's outrageous how. How is this system supposed to work if you have gas fees that are this high? And and are they working on getting that down? Do you know anything about that? Well, I mean, it's uh, we could talk about Ethereum, but Ethereum is 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 dead, man. People just it don't seems realize like it. it. Yeah. So the Ethereum is a good example of a solar punk initiative. What what do I mean by solar punk? Solar punk is 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 the mindset that we deal with the world as is. Now, from a, from a, a libertarian perspective. People that deal with the world as is and they justify using the world as it is and government as is and corporations as they are, that is the objectivist crowd. That is Ayn Rand, right? You're dealing with the world as is. If you could use the law or government in your favor so you and your business can capitalize, you're going to do that. That's that Randian approach. So that is that, believe it or not, Bitcoin had a huge, uh, in its inception, had uh, a, a lot of the war that started within it in the early days 
was, okay, are, is Bitcoin supposed to be lunar punk or solar punk? Is it supposed to be crypto anarchist or is it supposed to be, um, is it, or is it supposed to be something that is uh, for the world as a truth ledger? Is Bitcoin supposed to be a privacy coin or is Bitcoin supposed to be a, a truth ledger for the global economy to keep the assholes in power accountable, right? <laughs> so these, so this is what happened. And I just described the, the, the lunar punk crypto anarchist version of it, which was, which was uh, the agorist perspective of, that was manifested by those who said, we have to start from scratch to do this right. Monero, Wownero, Pirate Chain, and Darrow. Now, the beautiful thing about Darrow is that Darrow is going to be the privacy Ethereum. This is the first time that we're going to have a smart contract platform that is anonymous, extremely private by default. This is huge news, man. That's what I mean by alien technology, because mm-hmm. we've always talked about the idea of having a, um, you know, a decentralized autonomous organization in crypto, like in Ethereum. But in Ethereum, a lot of these initiatives were trite and stupid because it's, 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 Ethereum is a public, transparent surveillance coin. The protocol is not private by default. So you're in a glass house within Ethereum. So if you really want to be really gangster, you don't want to use Ethereum. You want to, right. if you want to really create something cool that is like completely disruptive as an application for the planet, you're going to look for something that is private by default. And for the first time in crypto history, we have a platform that offers us that. And that is Darrow. So guys, keep, keep like, I'm telling you, Darrow is a big deal. Yeah, no, so, um, that sounds, that sounds very interesting. Can, can you, can you assure me that they will not run into the similar problem with outrageous gas fees to, to run it? I, how about I, I send you to the horse's mouth and okay. in the description below, I will give you a link to the, to a presentation that the, some of the main contributors of the Darrow project gave oh, at perfect. the last TCV summit so that you yourself can, you know, you guys can hear from the horse's mouth because they do address this. Um, so that's, that's the agorist w- world that came out of what Satoshi gave us. Right. I just described that. Now the other extreme of, of what Bitcoin was about and what is this that, you know, is like heaven sent, you know, this beautiful white paper, what, what the heck is going on here? People that said that Bitcoin is, is a not supposed to be a privacy coin because indeed it's, we always saw it to be pseudonymous. And so for me, it was, it was very obvious um, after many failed attempts at privacy for Bitcoin, I, it was, I quickly realized that Bitcoin was not, is not a privacy coin. So what was it that Satoshi gave us? If it's not a privacy coin, what were they thinking? And so I'm like, hmm, okay, well, it makes sense that Bitcoin is supposed to be something else. And what the fuck is it, is the question, right? So for us in the libertarian community, it was a struggle. A lot of people that I work with to this day find themselves completely, and the guys I work with are all, if you were to put them on, you know, where they fell during the Bitcoin civil war, they were more on the BTC side. Uh, Jeff Berwick and I were more, were the ones that were mostly on the, on the big blocker side of Bitcoin. But when we talk about the guy, but the, the thing that the guys and I agree with is, is that that BTC rhetoric that BTC uses 
for what they want Bitcoin to turn into, that finds its ultimate conclusion, logical conclusion in everything that I just described, Monero, Wownero, Pirate Chain, and Darrow, because it's ex- you really you have something that's truly fungible, private by default, something that could truly be digital gold and truly be digital cash. Okay. Yeah. So, so that's, so that's, so if you were to follow the, the, the logical argument of BTC or Bitcoin cash, that's where you would end up in. I want to talk about those in a little while, but there was another camp of big blockers who from the get go were like, wait a minute. And I felt in that camp and I didn't even know I was in that camp because I was, I was in charge of uh, investor relations, meaning I was just bringing people together to conferences and, and just networking. I was, the main, I, was, I was one of the main networkers for the BitAngels Network, and I was bringing people together so that they can talk. And something that started bothering me a lot was that I started hearing people talk about um, using, uh, creating new blockchains for smart contracts you creating, you know, for, for applications for this, for a blockchain for this, a blockchain for that. And that really bothered me because my understanding of Bitcoin from day one was that Bitcoin is a new internet. Bitcoin is not just money. Money is the first application of Bitcoin. Right. And it's a money that is, we try to make it, we tried to make it private by default, but we realized quickly it wasn't possible. So it's a money that finds its dispute resolution in the world as it is, meaning dealing with governments as it is, dealing with the world as it is right now. Mm-hmm. So, and also Bitcoin was private enough, so for it to be useful for most people, uh, but obviously not private enough for those who truly need privacy, right? Especially right. if you're dealing with, with a tyrannical regime, you know, in your life. So. So then the next, the next thing was that we started noticing that a lot of opcodes were being turned off in Bitcoin. A lot of things that gave us the ability to have smart contracts, applications. Um, yeah, a lot of cool things were, were, were taken away from, from, from Bitcoin. And then we started seeing a reduction in the block sizes as well which is the ability to, to transact on chain between miners. As time went on, we started realizing that there was a rhetoric where people were even calling transactions that we made in the free market on chain as spamming the blockchain. So that started getting really creepy. Like what the fuck and who are you to tell me what a spam is? If right. I and, my, and the people I'm doing business with consider this a valid transaction, and if the miner in between considers this a valid transaction, oh, who the fuck are you to tell me what's spamming the network or not? So, all right. So then I started realizing that we started, we, there were some central planners, central planners coming in, trying to start shit. I'm like, okay. Um, and then uh, I came to the realization that Bitcoin in its original design was a truth ledger that Satoshi gave us to compete with big tech. Because in my mind, this is what I came to the realization of, that Team Satoshi was smarter than anyone has ever given them credit, smarter than vast majority of libertarians even realized. 
everyone knows that the future of every financial institution on the planet will be a fintech company. It'll be, it's, it's going to be an, uh, you know, a tech company. We know Fed, the Federal Reserve is dying. We know the International Monetary, we know those guys are, they're dead. Team Satoshi was not going after them. That's what, if you really understand Bitcoin in its totality, see, we're still thinking about, a lot of libertarians were still thinking about the enemies that we've been having for since 1913, right? Since Jekyll Island. That's what us libertarians have been thinking about. Oh, those are the enemies we have to attack. Those are the enemies that have been screwing everything over, the central banks. And they're right. They're not wrong. Sure. And a lot of my teammates at the Crypto Vigilante will tell you that that is the most important thing to deal with. And that's why Monero and Pirate Chain are so important. And I agree with them. I think they're completely right. And that is the lunar punk mindset. And I, I'm a lunar punk too. So I, I agree with them 100%. But now, I think, you think, you think Satoshi was taking on the future enemy. Dude, yeah. Okay. I think Team Satoshi was like fucking on it, dude. Beyond what we expected. Because what Team Satoshi saw was a technocratic elite that control everything. The future tyrants of this world are not are going to be people controlling technology. And we see it right now unfold before our eyes with the jab passes. Now, right now in Argentina, you can't go to an ATM without having the mark of the beast in your hand, right? right? Like it's fucked up. Yeah. Team Satoshi saw this and Team Satoshi created a new internet where we completely have, we, for this, the only protocol, Bitcoin in its original design, it's the only protocol on the planet where we can use the miners as the back end of our business and compete with Amazon and Google and Facebook and Twitter and Comcast and all the ISPs because we don't need them anymore. Right. The Bitcoin mining industry in itself allows us to not even need uh, um, money from venture capital because all you need is to create a front end, use the Bitcoin miners as the back end of your business and you're rocking and rolling, dude. You're just fucking competing with them right now in real time. And, and so to me, that was the, that was that. So when I realized that shit, man, I fell in love with Bitcoin so hard, bro. <laughs> and, and, and then all of a sudden, dude, there's this, there's this, uh, I'm at the Satoshi vision conference right after, right after, uh, the, the, the civil war, the first civil war, August 20, 2020. August 2017, we had the Satoshi Vision Conference right after in Tokyo. And all the big blockers were there like, ah, and there were a bunch of anarchists. Chris Pasia was on stage. And we were like the united big blockers, right? And fucking anarchy this, anarchy that. We're going to, and, and so there was like this anarchist. It was the extreme anarchist of Bitcoin that stayed with Bitcoin. And then there was the objectivist crew that stayed with Bitcoin because they saw Bitcoin as a truth machine, a global ledger of truth to keep the assholes accountable, right? The new internet, right? That objectivist worldview. By then, the, 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 the anarcho-capitalist, the agorist mindset in Bitcoin BTC and Bitcoin Cash at the time was starting to lose appeal 
for a lot of true like anarcho capitalists and crypto anarchists mm -hmm. because we already had Monero in 2014 came out. And so since Monero was already there, people were like, like they, they, you're not truly digital gold BTC. I'm sorry, you're lying. And Bitcoin Cash, you're trying to be digital cash, but you're not truly digital cash. You mm -hmm. can't be, you're not private by default. Mm -hmm. So the Monero was already existing. And so it was kind of like, they were already losing appeal. And so the big, the big blocker crowd in Tokyo, Japan found themselves like kind of in an impasse because all of a sudden we saw a crew within the, the more, the people that were using the anarcho-capitalist rhetoric, the, the same rhetoric that led to BTC, uh, that behind the BTC movement of, of we need everyone to have their own little raspberry pie, which is their own little window into the blockchain, your mm. own do it yourself block explorer. So you can look into the, so you can look into the, into the blockchain for yourself to verify things. Although it's not a miner, it can't process or extend the ledger, which wouldn't serve you to protect the ledger at all. Cause you're not a miner. They sold that idea that you needed a, that you needed a do it yourself block explorer at home under the pretense of decentralization to justify central planners. That's what happened in BTC. So, uh, you know, if you want to get all conspiratorial, the guy that led the, so we already, some of the, like, if you, if you look into like who led BTC into what BTC is now, uh, yeah, it's pretty, it gets, you get, you, you start falling into literally, you get to, you get to MIT digital uh, initiative, then you get into the, digital currency group. And behind that, you find yourself with MasterCard, Bilderberg and Jeffrey Epstein. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I've, right? I've, re I've read that too. And I mean, that's obviously very disconcerting given that like we're trying to have this technology to get us away from those types of people. But it, right. I mean, there all is of a also sudden we have Jack Dorsey on stage in Miami at the Bitcoin 21 conference. And we're like, right. what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> Wasn't this guy just like censoring everyone on, that didn't agree with him? Like <laughs> I had, I had a tweet that went viral uh, when he tweeted out the uh, uh, fuck uh, anatomy of the state by Rothbard. And I, and I responded, Hey, now that you've read it, can you stop banning us so we can fucking do something about it? And uh, yeah, he didn't, he didn't stop banning us. And he stepped down and the guy who replaced him is even worse. And it's just like, it's so it's so frustrating because and I and I have lamented this fact for a long time is that a lot of the people that have made big money in the crypto space seem to have lost their way. And I, I would include Dorsey in that. I mean, even though he's he's more I don't of a think they lost their way, bro. And I'll tell you, because I was there for a, and I got to know a lot of these people. OK, lay it on me. They just didn't know. They never understood Austrian economics. Okay. I know people, and I'm not going to name them. They have they're very, very influential in early Bitcoin, and you would think that they understand Austrian economics and praxeology, but they would be, like, oh yeah, I got the books in the shelf, but I've never read them. Like, <laughs> right, right. I've, I'm quoting you, someone right now. So that's that's the problem. We thought that Bitcoin was in good hands, a lot of us, and we kind of deferred responsibility because for some reason, you know, we're indoctrinated not to think highly of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And if you don't think highly of yourself, you're literally not being a good libertarian. If you're watching this, um, if you're second guessing yourself, then you're not really uh, you're not being a real good libertarian. You really should think highly of yourself if you're watching this seriously, because you can make the difference. I agree. And so it requires yeah, confidence. 100. 
Because these assholes, see, uh, you know, people that want power and influence, they tend to be people that are narcissistic and they don't, they, 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 they just, they'll play the role. A lot of people play the role. And so what happened with the PSYOP in all of the whole Bitcoin history was that they use libertarian rhetoric against us. Yep. And you get a lot of people in our uh, libertarian networks confused to this day. So if you, if you, if you really want what Bitcoin's off, what BTC is offering or what Bitcoin cash is offering, and then you should be looking at Monero, Pirate Chain, Darrow, or Wownero. That's what you should be looking at. That's, That's true digital gold and true digital cash. Yeah. And if well, you it, tell someone. Any, sorry, dude, I was just going to say any, any, any libertarian who's, who's not interested in privacy, um, I don't think is thinking deeply enough, like honestly, because it's so, it's so obvious the tyrannical globalist totalitarian plans that we exist under. Uh, and, and if you're, if you're thinking that you're going to be able to get away with subverting the state without privacy, you're fucking delusional. Like that's my honest opinion. So, yeah, you, you need privacy, but one very important thing, brother, we need capitalism. And oh so yeah. This is what happens. This is the bait and switch. Okay. You have to be very careful in Bitcoin. What happened was, is that they would say the same thing that you said, we need privacy. Therefore we need, we need central planners. Or, or the, the classical example is a new egalitarianism, which is called decentralization. Hmm. And decentralization in the vast majority of cryptocurrencies is a pretense for having central planners, a central planning group of devs. Yeah, brother. And look in every cryptocurrency on the planet, but the but one where there's literally um, central planners, dude. So yep. which, and, is, and, which is the one without a central planner? I got to know. We'll get to that. <laughs> That's what I'm getting to. So, so, um, Satoshi, what I realized, if you take Bitcoin in its complete original design, Satoshi did not give us a privacy coin. Okay, look, so remember what I mentioned earlier that the uh, privacy coins are like the ultimate manifestation of cryptography, right? Monero, Wownero, Darrow, because now we have an, a financial incentive to better these networks for ourselves and for others within the network. So peer, the pre-reviewed audit process is extremely important. Without the free and open source software ethos, which is a meritocracy in and of itself, we don't have shit, right? So that is the meritocracy of the cypherpunk crypto anarchist, peer-reviewed audits. Without peer-reviewed audits, we don't have shit in Monero, Wownero, Pirate Chain, Darrow. Satoshi gave us another meritocracy, which included the free and open source software ethos. But this is what was truly revolutionary in, in, in what Satoshi gave us. And no one has been able to copy paste this. And no one's able, ever going to be able to copy paste this again. And this is the meritocracy that is most misunderstood in all of crypto and its proper name is the Nakamoto consensus. Without the Nakamoto consensus, you don't have Bitcoin. What is the Nakamoto consensus? The Nakamoto consensus is a capitalist meritocracy of miners, of proof of work. 
that are constantly competing with one another in better securing the network where you as a miner get paid for finding mistakes in your peers, where you as a miner are incentivized to protect the network, where you as a miner have the most to lose out of all investors in the network. Because if you hold the coin and something happens in the market, you can pivot to something else, right? You can sell your coin, you can sell your coin, short it, whatever. If, if you have a company, you can just pivot to something else in FinTech. But if you own mining equipment, because my, see Bitcoin was designed to scale. Unlike what the vast majority in crypto people are, will tell you, Bitcoin was designed to scale in its original design. What happened is that I honestly think that Silicon Valley and big tech got scared and they attacked Bitcoin in its original design because they saw it as the biggest threat to their existence. And that's what I was talking to you about earlier. So Bitcoin was created as a capitalist meritocracy of miners that are meant to scale. It is, it is, it is, it is in this capitalist meritocracy where we find extreme capitalism. So in privacy coins, everything we talked about, Monero, Monero, Pirate Chain, Darrow, the meritocracy is the FOSS ethos. And it focuses on extreme privacy. It emphasizes protecting the individual. Mm. So mm. how about we look at those as, as weapons that are defensive? They're shields, right? They're covering you from tyranny, right? Satoshi gave us an offensive weapon, mm -hmm. a sword of extreme capitalism that deals with the world as is and attacks them in the light. And it, create, and it aligns financial incentives in ways that are not found anywhere else in crypto. It aligns financial incentives in a way where we make nation states compete with us and for jurisdiction to compete, different jurisdictions to compete for our business. It, and it, it competes against big tech. There's no other solution in all of crypto that competes with big tech. Nothing out there at all that competes with big tech like Bitcoin's original design. There is nothing uh, that competes with Silicon Valley. Satoshi thought about all these things where you can create a startup with your buddies and use the Bitcoin miners as the back end of your business and you're plugged into a complete extreme capitalist new internet where you control your own data and every little data packet that is sent in this new internet called Bitcoin, every little data packet that is sent and received is a tiny micro transaction or nano transaction. Mm -hmm. So Satoshi gave us an economic, I see it as an augmentation of praxeology of Austrian economics that allows us to be to, to enter into peer-to-peer -peer relationship with one another but the engine of this is a capitalist meritocracy of mining it's it's the discovery of proof of work really that satoshi gave us right. and it is and it couldn't happen see um they're mutually exclusive guys this is something very important i'll mention here 
you can't have a privacy coin that has extreme capitalism. It's mutually exclusive. Why is that? Because if you want to be money for the world, and if you want to be a global ledger for the world, like Bitcoin in its original design is, then you are, op you are opening the doors for everyone to be your potential customer for the communists to be your potential customer, for every nation state to be your potential customer, for the Muslim, for the Hindu, for all types of people, right? Mm -hmm. and, and capitalism rules the world because look, everyone has a cell phone, right? It, it, capitalism has won over network effects. Every, no matter what creed you have, no matter what political ideology, capitalism and through technology has led you to use this beautiful thing, right? So, so it's, it's, it's in that mindset that Bitcoin was created. It's, it's, it's a global ledger of truth for everyone. And so now for the privacy coin, see the privacy coin, like Monero, like Wownero, like Darrow and like Pirate Chain, they can't open the door just to everyone in the planet to come in and be part of their crypto governance, because then what you will have is that now the communists will come in like Stalinist. No, we need to see your transactions. We need to have a back door to know what you're doing. So it necessitates that there be a community, a what we call in the old days, we used to call the web of trust. There needs to be a, a what, W-O-T, in these privacy networks of libertarian agorists that watch out after one another and that review the code Remember, the, that meritocracy for the privacy coin is the false ethos. Whereas for Bitcoin and what Satoshi gave us, we don't need that because you're, in its original design, Bitcoin is not a protocol you tinker with. It's, it's perfect as it is. And you don't need to remove anything like BTC did or, or Bitcoin Cash has, did, you know, kept on doing and then added to. No, you... You, you, the protocol, the rules of the game, you keep them as is, and you realize that it's supposed to work in this way because it has the most, in my opinion, the most ultimate use case, which is to outcompete big tech, the true fucking dictators of this planet now. It's mm -hmm. not a nation state. It's, it, I mean, a government, you know? The true dictators of this planet are technocrats. Yeah. And so when you have a fixed protocol that is stable and cannot be changed or tinkered with under the pretense of good libertarian rhetoric, like we need privacy, we need decentralization. No, 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 no. Fuck that. No, we need to have a stable playing field for everyone. Don't fuck with the protocol. And then miners are in charge, not developers, because it's miners who are incentivized to protect the network and have the most to lose. And then programmers and developers, what they do is that they serve as creating applications to form this on-chain economy that, or they would work for a mining company that makes it easier for entrepreneurs to build applications and whatever they want on-chain. Mm -hmm. Because Bitcoin in its original design was not meant to be the bitch of the establishment people. 
It's not like we care what the, we, we never cared. See, this is the thing, man, is that Bitcoin's original design is extremely fucking punk rock and it's not a privacy coin. Bitcoin, in its original design, it's a extreme, it's a machine of extreme capitalism. Mm-hmm. Fuck Elon Musk, fuck, fuck Jack Dorsey, fuck Amazon, Google, Facebook, all of big tech, all of Silicon Valley. Bitcoin never needed those motherfuckers <laughs> at all. And we never wanted them. So we under, now we understand what the fuck they were trying to do by creating a crippled version of Bitcoin. Oh, no, no, no. Developers need to be in charge. Of course, they brought in their own, right? Oh, we need, oh, it needs to be capped. Miners, miners are not the owners of this club. They're the bouncers of the club. And fuck the miners, fuck the blockchain. We'll build a second layer mm-hmm. under the pretense of, you know, anarcho-capitalist rhetoric under the pretense of decentralization, which is nothing more than a communist word for a new egalitarianism. That's all it really is. But they fucked up big time because true decentralization is true. It's truly given to the people of this world by Satoshi through market forces. True decentralization is given. It has to be market driven. It can't be centrally planned. Who the fuck are you to be a central planner for the sake of decentralization? Right. That makes no sense, dude. Right. Right? Has there been a time in BTC history when the Bitcoin BTC core devs lost an argument? No, there has not been. They are the designated central planners by big tech, by Silicon Valley. And if you don't believe me, just follow the money, baby. So that's really what happened. And so Bitcoin in its original design, see, people thought that, see, this is how fucking naive people are, man. People think that it's that the, the BTC version of Bitcoin is like, oh, it's, it's exactly what we expected. Bitcoin was going to be embraced by the world, right? By all the megalomaniacs. They're going to be like, come to daddy, come home. Elon Musk, come here. Let me burp you, Bitcoin. Uh, Jack Dorsey is cheering you on. No, those <laughs> motherfuckers are happy because you had, you, they finally did what they, they fucking wanted was to cripple Bitcoin, create a bitch version of Bitcoin that is a, addicted to the math of institutional money right. from assholes from Wall Street like Michael Saylor. And then they're like, yeah, we got you. And, and oh, yeah, have fun staying poor. <laughs> Fuck you and your fiat, man. Like, the, <laughs> what we fuck is a thing, man. Adam Smith taught us that m- money is not wealth. True wealth are capital goods, consumer goods. A pair of scissors is wealth, bro, that you can cut hair, you know? Right. That's wealth. Satoshi gave us real wealth. So, this whole bullshit of number go up. Yeah, man, it might sound great if you have a very high time preference. But if you really want to change the world, dude, you got to realize that Satoshi gave us a machine of extreme capitalism, of true wealth, where you can create a fucking startup right now on Bitcoin's original design and compete with big tech and everyone in your network that you create. They're the owners of their own data. And if they don't like your fucking interface into the new internet called Bitcoin, they can say, fuck you, take their network with them and go to another application that competes within this new internet called Bitcoin. It's so fucking beautiful in its design that entrepreneurs leverage off one another's success. 
So if you're successful in Bitcoin's original design with your application, I'm successful. And you're using the same unit of account. You don't have this bullshit token economy like in Ethereum where you're trading your chicken coin for someone's bread coin, right? That's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Who the fuck thought about Ethereum or EOS? Those guys are fucking retarded. Dan Liramir, you're fucking retarded. Vitalik, you're fucking retarded, dude. Who the, where the fuck did you learn economics, man? That you're going to tell me that you're going to trade your chicken coin for your bread coin and that we're going to compete for space within the same fucking network? <laughs> And if I win in competing for space with, let's say, crypto kitties, oh, my God, what am I going to do? I'm going to fucking drown the whole network. Like, do you not like you're a fucking developer. You should know how fucking network topologies work. And you realize that the incentives are not aligned in your networks. But guess what Satoshi did? Satoshi gave us a system where incentives are aligned where you actually have the ability to leverage off one another's success, where you're using one medium of, a, of account for, for a medium of exchange. Bitcoin is beautiful, guys. Like, this was fucking crazy, Clint, is that most people don't even realize the magnificence of fucking Bitcoin. And uh, drum bro, what the fuck is Bitcoin's original design? Is BSV, people. The most hated and attacked crypto fucking currency on the planet. And why the fuck do you think it's the most hated and attacked cryptocurrency on the planet? Wake up, motherfuckers. It's because it's Bitcoin's original design. It's because it threatens the establishment. It's because it threatens big tech. It threatens Silicon Valley. It's what scares them the fucking most and you've been psyop. You're their little bitch and you don't know it. I'm sorry. You don't know it. <laughs> and if you really like BTC, then be logically consistent and buy yourself some Monero or pirate chain. If you really like Bitcoin Cash, do the same because neither BTC is digital gold or Bitcoin Cash is digital cash. Bitcoin was supposed to be, is a new internet. Bitcoin is a, a global ledger of truth to keep the assholes accountable and a machine of extreme capitalism where we, this is fucking amazing. You know, there's one thing that big tech cannot do that we can do. And this is why it scares the shit out of them, bro. We can wrap big data with proof of work, bro. They can't do that shit. And it scares them, bro. <laughs> like we I have, dude, we, 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 we have the most fucking amazing machine of extreme capitalism that Satoshi gave us. And these motherfuckers came in very cunningly into Bitcoin and they started dividing the, dividing the community up with this libertarian rhetoric, which is, is I'm libertarian, but they were confusing people yeah. to get rid of Bitcoin's original design. So what they did is that they did this. They split. I, I bet these motherfuckers were all in the boardroom saying, this is what we're going to do. We're going to, this is Bitcoin. And what we're going to do is we're going to say, fuck the bit. And we're just going to make them focus on the coin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Digital gold, digital cash. Fuck Bitcoin's computational power. We're just going to focus on digital gold, digital cash because we're libertarian. We're going to tell them we're libertarian. And Jack Dorsey is going to quote Rothbard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and focus on the coin aspect. People, libertarians that were truly fucking sincere and logically consistent said you know what you're right we do need true digital gold and true digital cash and that's why now we have monero wow Nero, darrow and pirate chain 
right? Mm-hmm. But but no, dude, Bitcoin is so such a beautiful design, bro. So I just broke down the four camps for you. Long story, that, I no, that I was kept the, I kept it brief, man. Just <laughs> I kept it brief, man. I think this is the least I've talked on an episode, but I enjoyed it all the same. Uh, no, that that was fascinating, man. And and I love the passion. I love I love when I see someone who who can actually like even though you're a libertarian, you can actually artfully explain things because so, so often you get like the, uh, you, you describe the, uh, what's his name? The Ethereum creator Vitalik. He's so, he's so autistic. There's just no emotion, you know, and, and you definitely don't, you don't lack any emotions. So it's great to see. Um, so let, go ahead and tell me, I mean, uh, is, is, uh, is BSV the, the one that you were talking about? That's, that's yeah, actually man, 100%. And okay. fuck. I'm and do, do you think, just for for my, oh, by the way, disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. My team does not agree with me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, that's my fine. team. Like the crypt. This is a beautiful thing about the crypto vigilante, right? When we started this, Jeff Berwick was more on the Bitcoin at the time. Jeff Berwick was more. We were both big blockers, right? Because we were like, "Fuck, what's going on?" And Jeff, you know, he used to go to Bilderberg every year to protest with Luke Radowski, and he's like. Fuck, you know, yeah, 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 look. And he had a, a meeting with, you know, an interview with Luke and he broke everything down about how, you know, who funded Blockstream and all that. And the, it was obviously this was a, a, you know, orchestrated fucking, it's a mess, bro, what happened in BTC. But anyways. Well, it's, so is, so we, is the, we were on is, the same page, right? Uh, one second. Jeff and I were on the same page, but he wanted to focus on the digital gold, digital like true digital gold, true digital cash. And so I'm like, okay, cool. But at the same time, I was always thinking like, but Bitcoin's not private by default. It's never going to work. It's never going to work. And so I'm like, all right, Jeff, we're going to do this. We're going to do this shit right. So I brought in uh, the team. Like the guys are all hooded and stuff. Those are uh, Mr. X, Mr. A, Mr. W, Mr. P, Mr. Z. Um, all those guys, they, they, are logically consistent and they also are all for digital gold, digital cash, but they are privacy, like extremists, you know, like real fucking anarcho-capitalists. And so right away it was like, we realized like, okay, what Bitcoin cash wants to be and what BTC want to be, it's truly Monero. It's truly pirate chain. So, so then it was like, well, yeah, well then fuck BTC, fuck Bitcoin cash. I mean, I mean, we'll, we'll, well, we'll we'll have them in our portfolio because obviously there's still movers and shakers within the space, but from a fundamental analysis perspective, they're not logically consistent. You know, and what logically consistent is 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 Monero and Pirate Chain um, for that desire. But um, but but yeah, so that's where the vast majority of the team at the Crypto Vigilante that's their focus. I'm the only you would call solar punk of the group, right? They're all, they're all, you know, lunar punks. And I'm quoting Amir Taki, right? Our dear Amir. He, he's, he, he's the one that like, I guess, dubbed this term. I've never heard. Yeah. He coined this term of solar punk, lunar punk. Well, they're lunar punks all the way. I'm, I'm in, I, I embrace both. And I, I always talk about embracing light and darkness. So yeah, it fits the mold, right? Lunar punk, cypherpunk. I think we need like, defensive shields of privacy but i also think we need uh swords swords, right offensive weapons right and and so that's what bitcoin that's what satoshi gave us yeah well unless your unless your shield has a hundred percent success rate in uh 
in defense, then it's eventually it's not going to be enough. You're going to also need a sword. So I agree. I mean, you need both, especially when you've been aggressed upon and we have. So uh, I am not a, a pacifist. I am, <laughs> but I am, I am still very much not interested in violence. I just, I just want to have tools to defend myself. And, and I think that this is important. I, I've had on Kurt Walker Jr. months ago and, and he's, he's a big BSB guy as well. And he, yeah. he had, he had swayed me on this to some extent that that BSV does sound as if um, it has true merit. I went out and bought a bunch of it. So I'm bro. Let me I'm, tell you about Kurt. I'm riding with you. I know there's a lot of people out there that'll talk shit about Kurt and they'll say, "Ah, oh, he's just getting paid because he's a report. He's a he's a historian on CoinGeek." No, dude, Kurt made the same freaking journey that I did, and I was there to see it. Kurt was even a Monero miner. Kurt was, you know. He was part of this whole same saga that he, that I went through, mm-hmm. you know, and and Kurt is an honest scholar. And and yeah, he's a badass dude. Yeah, and he's got he the is. balls to say things that most people don't have the balls to say. And kudos to him. That's, you know, that's, um, that's what I'm looking for all the time. Yeah, so I, I wanted to I wanted to ask, though, is it is it strictly the fact that Bitcoin was co-opted by big big banks, big capital, you know, uh, Rothschild fund or whatever, that, that it, the number go up technology got so strong that it, it basically broke people of their principles and they just went along with it because it appears to be the most successful because of the price tag on it. Like, is it, is it as simple as that? Or what do you think? It's very nefarious, bro. What happened? So what happened was very nefarious because it, it, you know, people don't listen to you. I'm telling you from someone that like, you know, it's part, you know, with my co-founders run a, a newsletter, right? right? People don't give a fuck about Austrian economics, even you <laughs> libertarians. They're not going to read Rothbard or they're not going to read Mises. No, they only listen to you when you show them, hey man, look, this is, if you, if you follow Austrian economics, look how profitable it is. Right. That's when they listen to you. Unfortunately, that's just human nature. Yeah. So what they did was that they created, um, they created, they, okay, so, Mining incentives. We, in the early days of Bitcoin, we always talked about the golden age of mining. What, what is the golden age of mining? The golden age of mining was the day when miners will accrue more money from transaction fees than they do from the block reward subsidy. And notice that I called it a subsidy. It's a subsidy that Satoshi gave us to jumpstart this machine of, of, capital, of extreme capitalism. Okay. What happened was that um, it, it was very cunning and very fucking deceitful, but um, a self-professed Fed by the name of John Dillian was the person on the Bitcoin talk forums who started promoting and getting core devs to start pushing this narrative of lowering the block size and just not lowering it, but keeping it at one megabyte. And very cunningly see this shit was like dude it's almost like you look back and it's like these motherfuckers thought thought it through like this was a an orchestrated fuck it was like a military operation really dude in attacking bitcoin it really was dude so what they did was that they created this um auctioning process called replace by fee rbf replace by fee which is an auctioning process that happens in btc every time transactions go on the mempool so if you before you get onto the next block 
someone else can come behind you that was to the bus stop per se and say and tell the bus drivers hey i'll pay you more get me onto this bus and oh since it's a small bus it only can fit this amount of people you know seven transactions per second so yeah okay we'll get you in because unless you can pay more it's, it's an auctioning process beyond the blockchain whereas bitcoin it's for, has always been first come first serve right like once you're on the mem i'm the energy has been spent that's the whole point of proof of work energy has been spent so once energy is spent that the miners telling the world is is that they know that their shit is so fucking awesome that it's going to be more valuable in the future than it was in the past that's why they freely spent energy so in spending energy that energy that has been spent guarantees for me through um guarantees through economic incentives that my my transaction will be picked up on the next block so the mempool is once you're in the mempool it's you know consider it done man you know plus you have the chain of digital signatures section two of the white paper which is like once you're in there you're you're, you're good as gold it's already you're ready to you're ready to get going the um, and, and your transaction gets picked up right away and on the, in the next block of time. And in Bitcoin's original design, you're supposed to pick up the whole, whatever's on the mempool and clear the whole mempool out. The bus station is completely cleared out. All transactions get picked up. So they didn't do that. They didn't want to do that because they wanted to keep Bitcoin dependent on the block reward subsidy. Why? This was very nefarious. They did not want Bitcoin to grow an on-chain economy because remember, that's what scares them. Because if the moment you, so in other words, you crippled the miners, you crippled the miners, miners are told what to do. So miners are crippled at, at one megabyte plus SegWit, which gives them four, you know, technically speaking, four megabytes. You crippled them. And then what happens is, is that you create a auctioning process to justify higher transaction fees higher transaction fees so that they can still reach a quote unquote golden age of mining in the future. But that only means that you're, that you would be paying extremely high transaction fees because the block reward subsidy goes down over time, right? It halves every four years. So that was the whole purpose of replaced by fees to keep giving people the illusion that we will still have a golden age of mining in BTC. Mm. But in Bitcoin's original design, transaction fees run in parallel with transaction throughput. So it was nefarious because then what they did, next step of their plan was to introduce institutional money to flood um, BTC with investment, push the price up, and and now That's you have <laughs> yeah now you have a, a um a zombie network of miners that are it's almost like they forgot it's sometimes like it's, it's similar to how people like once the government takes over a sector people within that country forget that the free market used to take care of that for them right you know? right whatever it yeah. may be yeah so like healthcare, you know, like health, anything, anything. Yeah. So, so now you have the miners are, are like in BTC are like these zombies that are just like number go up, please number go up and put more <laughs> money in. And if someone, if Elon Musk says, Oh, you guys are not green enough right away. They all bow down. No, yes, sir. We will be more green for you. And, right, and right. we will, we will do whatever you want. We're, we're your bitch a hundred percent. And so, <laughs> That's that's really what BTC mining miners are, 
Um, I'm a Bitcoin miner. I'm not a BTC miner, by the way. Um, so I got you. <laughs> yeah, man. So, so all, so all of a sudden you have, you know, um, it's, it's a, it's a process of disincentives where they become, um, they don't grow from in within themselves. The miners don't grow from within themselves and they don't get to fortify themselves as a business, as an industry, because they don't have a direct feedback loop into what the market wants and needs from entrepreneurs and people that want to use the blockchain. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So then once you crippled the miners, you have these guys that are just only transacting seven transactions per second in a network that is just infected and affected by big tech and, and money from, uh, from, from money from, uh, from wall street and legacy finance. And these miners are just, they're bitch now. They're, they're just zombies, man. They're just well, like, that, that's a compelling argument. I, I need fuck, to it's fucked up, man. Yeah. I need to ask the, the counterpoint Cause I've had sure. on, I've had on some other, you know, BTC maxis and they say that BSV got essentially hacked. Was it a couple months ago? And that kind of, no, that's bullshit. They, okay. they, this is, this, this is bullshit. Dude. Let me tell you why yeah, from the get go, from the beginning. Okay. Over 75% over there, over 70 times in the Bitcoin white paper, Satoshi's Satoshi uses the word honest, honesty, honest, honest nodes, honest proof of work, honest. What the fuck does honest mean? In the early days, we would always have this question of like, what if a nation state spun up a bunch of computers and 51% attacked Bitcoin? Bitcoin was tiny. And we were like, oh shit, what do we do? You know, does that mean anyone can just 51% attack us? Like Amazon could just turn on a bunch of servers and 51% attack Bitcoin in the early days, right? Like that. And what the fuck are you talking about? Well, is this is not a secure network? No. It is, and it has always been secure because it, Bitcoin is based on honest nodes. So anytime a node is not honest, miners can reorganize the chain, reorg the chain back into the honest chain of digital signatures. So no matter how tiny the miners are in their network, those that attack the network, even if they do have more hash power, they get orphaned. Mm, and okay. so, so anyone that see Bitcoin's original design is so beautiful because anytime Bitcoin's attacked, Bitcoin in its original design can orphan them and you're committing suicide. If you attack Bitcoin's in its original design, you're committing suicide as a miner. So I was having a conversation with Fluffy Pony about this and he's like, oh yeah, well, there's always an incentive for someone to attack the network as a miner. It's always going to be suicide. Every time you attack Bitcoin, you're going to kill yourself as a miner. You might think you got away with it for like five minutes, but just reorg the chain. So, yeah. so yeah, that's it. That's not. So uh, has, has BSV recovered from that? That dude, that, it didn't even. It was unscathed, man. Nothing okay. happened. Nothing okay. happened. Well, I, uh, BSV, I BSV is is extremely attacked. Look, it's the most delisted cryptocurrency on the planet. You'd think it would be a privacy coin like Monero, right? Right. delisted like completely harassed it's fucking it's ridiculous dude but it's okay because bsv is 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 going the way that i now that i understand bitcoin in its totality and its original design it's exactly what you would expect it is the biggest threat to the establishment worldwide 
And so you, it's not, it shouldn't be received with open arms. Come here, right. you know, Elon Musk, fucking Jack Dorsey. No, dude, uh, it, Bitcoin, it should, it, it should yeah, be attacked. It, it sh- so should be so, hated. Yeah. It, so, yeah. Bitcoin so is you, hated. B, BSV is hated because yeah. it is Bitcoin's original design. Yes. So and it's more think- hated than a privacy coin. Figure that one out. Yeah, that, that's fascinating, actually. So do you think that, um, you know, four, five, six years from the, from now, BSV is on par in terms of fiat exchange rates when it comes to, well, even if we have fiat at that point, I don't even know if we will, but to, you know, BTC versus BSV, like, it, do you think that the, that people will see the light eventually, or is this just kind of going to be an I'm, eternal battle? Look, tiny, I'm not the best person to ask about timing, things like this. You know, we, we, we did, we, after we did a whole year of worth of research on pirate chain, we put out a, a treatise that was over 79 pages long. And it, you know, th- talking about the history of, of privacy coins that led up to zero knowledge proof and by default as, you know, in, as, as seen in pirate chain. And I thought pirate chain was going to remain under a dollar for the rest of 2021. And that thing shot up to 16 bucks. Yeah. All right. I mean, I think that that speaks more to the state of the world than how people realize how much we need privacy as things ha- ha- are threatening to become more th- tyrannical. So there's no way for me to uh, 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 give you an estimate uh, exactly when that'll be, because it could be, it could be, it could happen next week because the Silicon Valley cartel pretty much runs the Bitcoin, the crypto industry in terms of like big exchanges and 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 so um see i i i always hated fucking exchanges man i always hated and i never understood i understood why so i had my uh agorist anarcho-capitalist reason for hating them and i'm like fuck this it's p2p it's not p kyc third party to p it's p2p guys get it straight so but then I realized that there was even a, a bigger component to it, which is that, um, which is that KYC exchanges um, are the kingmakers in 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 trying to keep Bitcoin down. So you know what's interesting is is that when Blockstream was sourcing capital or pretending to source capital, I was one of the guys that got a phone call uh, when I was with the Bit Angels. And they gave me the pitch and um, they told me that they wanted to source capital for this thing called Blockstream because they're going to create this thing called side chains. And that side chains were going to be the way by which we have market driven scaling where everyone's going to be able to create their own Bitcoin side chain and whatever the market re- realizes is best for the chain. That's how we're going to we're all, we would all just migrate to that chain. You know, so I thought it was a really cool idea. So what Blockstream ended up doing was a, a, a bait and switch tactic. And what Liquid ended up becoming was a, um, a proof of stake voting system for exchanges. So literally, they just created a, a mechanism to give financial institutions more power over the crypto space. It's, hmm. That's fucked up. And so then um, later on, well, after, you know, the second Bitcoin civil war uh, with, with Bitcoin Cash, Bitcoin Cash checkpointed onto exchanges. So the only true checkpoint that you should have in Bitcoin is called the genesis block of Bitcoin, the first block of time, right? And they checkpoint, Bitcoin Cash checkpointed onto exchanges. And that was the giveaway for me. And I'm like, 
fuck Bitcoin Cash at the time. I was like, no, BSV is where it's at because it's we, the only check when we have is the Genesis block. And it's in, the one that is truly embracing the completeness of Bitcoin in its, in its computation power. So there's a big issue in Bitcoin Cash that it can't compete with B BSV because Bitcoin Cash, um, they, they unfortunately, they adopted that rhetoric that, um, well, two, two things, um, that you can't create applications on chain because that's considered spamming the blockchain. Like, dude, again, who the fuck are you to tell me what <laughs> spamming the blockchain is if I go into business with you and we send the transaction? I sent you a picture and right. you paid for the picture. It's like critiquing how someone spends their money. Yeah. It's none of your fucking business. Exactly. They just want to tame miners again, you know? Right. So that's that's one thing. They wanted to tame the miners. And then um, the other thing was that they kept the illusion alive that Bitcoin Cash was going to be a privacy coin. Mm. And, I, and, I, and I knew that was bullshit. You know, Bitcoin can't never be a privacy coin. No Bitcoin protocol can be a privacy coin. It, it, this whole BS about the Lightning Network is the reason for the for privacy coins is bullshit. Chain chain analytics, just uh, chain analysis. I think is the name of the company. They just put out a report as to how it's completely open and transparent. And I've been saying this like this. I, I covered the Lightning Network at least. I was doing it like every business quarter, but now it's like the same story. So I do it like every twice a year now, but I'm yeah. picking it up again. I'll cover it more often. But yeah, the, the lightning network dude is, is um, it only functions through centralized liquidity. The only way that you can route lightning transactions is by having a central planner oversee where the transactions are going. So the lightning hubs that are used within these quote unquote successful lightning applications are just companies that are centralized that route the transactions for the people. So the Lightning Network is not decentralized. Like, don't fucking believe that. It's a fucking lie. Whoever's lying to you is a piece of shit that should know better. Like, <laughs> it really is, dude. The Lightning Network is also not private because, you know, uh, the Lightning Network uh, tries to imitate the infrastructure of scaling Bitcoin akin to that of the legacy internet, as if we need to recreate that piece of shit, right? The ISP <laughs> model. Like, are you kidding me? Literally, that's their argument. We need to recreate the fucking ISP model. That's literally their fucking argument. <laughs> and so, and so, like literally, that's their that's their fucking approach, right? And so they 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 want to uh, when the Lightning Network in the internet, we have this thing where people can Sybil attack, right? They can intercept communication, right? That's why we use encryption and VPNs, right? So in the Lightning Network, they want to do the same, but you're not just transmitting information. You're, 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 you're transmitting what could re be redeemed for BTC. Mm. See, in the Lightning Network, I don't call it moving BTC around. You're, in my opinion, they're, no, I know they're moving simulation BTC because the BTC is on chain, stored away in a smart contract, right? It's in a wallet. They're trading when they open the channel, it, that's, it stays there. Sure. When they close the channel, they, they go back, that money is retrieved on chain. Uh, a, a BTC transaction is only a transaction that extends the ledger. Otherwise, it's not a BTC transaction. Uh, so, you know, they have a counter argument that I can just give you my private key and, and, that, and that, oh, I just gave you BTC. Well, effectively it did, but it wasn't a BTC transaction. It did not extend the ledger. You transferred uh, keys. That's probably all you did. But okay, I digress. But the thing is, is that when... 
So you open yourself up to a bunch of Sybil attacks on Lightning Network because they, yeah, that's, that's, you're, you, you really can't, you, you're not just transmitting information as in the internet, but you're transmitting money, right? Or, or at least the simulation of BTC. So of course people are going to want to fucking hack you. <laughs> so then they, they talk about how they want to create it. Um, well, through Tor, we can route transactions and make it anonymous. And no, you can't because it is exactly through the anonymous routing of the Lightning Network that someone would Sybil attack you because then you can't hold them accountable. Mm. So it's oh, a yeah. big mess, dude. The Lightning Network is a big mess, but it was perfectly designed by, by Silicon Valley and big tech to take people's eye away from the prize. So I'm just really happy that um, BSV exists. It's, it's the more, most rugged community in all of crypto because it is the most seasoned at war, at hash war. It's, 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 I like it a lot, dude. It's, I'm, it's, it's funny, man, because people that I work with literally feel like they need to take a shower when they talk about it. <laughs> hey, I don't think BSV is good for business right now because it's so attacked. Right. But I can't lie to myself and I can't lie to my subscribers about what Bitcoin is in its totality. And sure. if I would be committing intellectual suicide if I were not be, if I were not tell, be telling you guys the truth about yep. the things the way I see them. Could I be <laughs> wrong? 100% I could be wrong. And that's why at the Crypto Vigilante, all the other analysts are, they have the, the, a completely different perspective on B, BSV than I do. Of course. And I respect that because you're supposed to have dialogue, right? It's yeah. more, you know, but all of a sudden, that's, that's like, the whole purpose of my show, man, is to have dialogue with people that are passionate and telling their truth, whether or not it actually ends up being correct. And, and yeah. that's the same thing I do. Like I, I've had predictions that have been wrong too. It's just, it's part of the game. So I want to be proven <laughs> wrong. I really do, man. I, right. I just, I just think that um, as far as I trust my intellect, those are the logical conclusions that I've been able to arrive at. I, I, I think I think you were you are clearly sincere in your beliefs. So uh, I really appreciate the the deep dive on it. It was fascinating. I have another show I have to hop on. So I uh, thank you so much for coming on, uh, Rafael Verde from Crypto. Oh, sorry. Go ahead and just give us your plug so that people can follow you. Yeah, Crypto Vigilante, CryptoVigilante.io. It's the premier anarcho-capitalist newsletter on the planet. Um, for cryptocurrency and crypto assets. So yeah, thank you for having me on your show, Clint. Oh, it was it was great talking awesome. to you, man. It was awesome. I love I, lo I love All it right. when people come in on fire. So have a good one, brother. One last note before we get out of here. I want to thank everybody that became a supporter of my locals page. There are now enough of you that I can do these monthly AMAs on video with you guys coming on on video too with mics. People were asking me questions. We did it for an hour. It was amazing to get to know you guys. It was amazing to answer your questions. You asked great questions, which I really appreciated. It, it was confirmation that my listening audience is as intelligent as I had always imagined and you guys blew me away. And I was grateful that I had the opportunity to answer your questions and give you, you know, investment advice. Well, you know, wink, wink, not investment advice, but just answer more broadly your questions. Uh, it was it was awesome. I, it really means the world to me that you guys love this show and you love, you know, getting this information to the extent that you're willing to support me. It means a lot. It gives me a lot of hope for the world that there is 
an audience and a marketplace for truth and honesty and, and just doing my best here. Um, so means a lot. Anybody else that wants to support the show, go to libertylockdown.locals.com and be, sign up to become a supporting, subscribing member of the show so that you can join me on those live streams to, uh, to ask your questions. It's really valuable information. I've got a lot of background that can help, and I'm happy to give it. So make sure you go to libertylockdown.locals.com, become a subscribing member, and also, if you want to get one of those fandangled shirts with uh, my nasty mug on it, painted so beautifully by the homie Top Lobster, go to toplobster.com. Because he was my designer, I decided to... Uh, port all of my merchandise over to his website. That'll give you a single spot to shop for Tower Gang, Naturalist Capitalist, No Way Jose, all all the guys, uh, including Liberty Lockdown. Most importantly, Liberty Lockdown, obviously. So pick up my shirt. I got to sell more than these guys because fuck these guys. You know what I'm saying? Go to Top Lobster. That is L-O-B-S-T-A dot com and pick up some shirts, brother. Support the show. Last but not least, if you have put on some holiday LBs, Make sure you go to sideshaper.com, watch the video. It is a kind of like a gyroscopic ab machine that allows you to hit the, the edges of your core in a way that no other machine I've ever found can do. Uh, just go to just go check it out. Just go check it out. I'm telling you. You're not gonna you're you're not gonna regret it. It'll take you a minute to go watch the video. Go to sideshaper.com and watch the video. And if you love it, which I think you will, pick one up and use the code Liberty at checkout to get fifty dollars off. Exclusive to my audience, 50 bucks off. You can't beat that. They got money back guarantees. If you hate it, you can send it back. But I think you'll love it. And God knows I need to get some pounds off after the holidays. And I am working on it right now. So join me. Big shout out to everybody that's been with me since Jump Street. Appreciate y'all. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown, please scan your barcode, your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweet from your phone. Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne. If you're riding with the thought, you've always got a home. The virus is scared of, will come and it'll go. The government knows, just don't get treated like a hoe. Like Nico and Shane, you're probably wondering what's happening. Scared Hollywood left these lyrical feppin' A typo with Luke might bring the nooses. We all bite the bullet, I'm the king of the gooses. Freckles and Brit, didn't know I could spit. Knew I was a patriot, but now I'm the shit. Peter Quinones, invite me on Which podcaster sends custom songs Part of the problem, now I stand with the people Dave showed the way, but I am unequal Lions of Liberty, now hear me roar Beat running up, but I got a bit more Robbie the Fire, always running his mouth But I made him a sandwich, now I'm man of the house No malice for Nick, but you're welcome to quit I went over BLM with the fire I spit Friends against government just call us fags Copy the Cairo, put mummies in the bag Liable opinions get thrown on the ground Silky's Mouton was the only sound Getting so hot must be air July Screaming in the mic A rip for 59 Miles to ratio That black guns matter Now all these lefties Got crazy small bladders None of us wanted war But we're ready You know I be bopping And rock steady Liberty lockdown Please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone But yeah it's on hold Where did it come from And where did it go It requires a fight Not tweeting from your phone Don't need a king Get him off the fucking throne If you're riding with the thought You've always got a home The virus is scared of Will come and it'll go The government knows Just don't get treated like a hoe